Welcome to the six audio CD series, Freedom and the Glory. This is the first of the six in the series entitled Return to the Penthouse. It's an exciting time to return to the penthouse, the highest place with God. I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. We are the Herobedians Virtual Church Media. My wife is going to lead us into the atmosphere of heaven, and you're going to tangibly feel as you listen to these audio CDs throughout the music, the worship, and the word. And Joanna is going to begin by singing a Hebrew blessing. And the blessing is, blessed is the Lord our God, King of the universe. Blessed is his holy name. We thank you for your anointing fire, Lord, to touch our friend right now. Baruch Hashem Adonai Eloheinu Leulam Baruch Hashem Adonai Eloheinu Leulam Ani Ohev Otah Ani Ohev Otah Ani Ohev Otah Ani Ohev Otah I love you so, says the God loves you just the way you are. Did you know that? That God loves you just the way you are. But he loves you way too much to leave you in your current condition. I was in a prison cell in 1990 for stolen jet aircrafts and multi-kilogram quantities of cocaine trafficking drugs for the Colombian drug cartel. I'd been arrested with a stolen jet, a Mercedes-Benz, and a bag of cash at a private airfield in Boca Raton, Florida. And federal agents came out of planes, trains, and automobiles and put guns to my head and ruined my orange juice morning. I didn't pass go. I didn't collect $200, but I went to jail, directly to jail. And I spent the next 20 years in federal prison but because i had a praying mother praying for a prodigal child god sent jesus to visit me in that cell and i was radically transformed by an encounter with him and in the penitentiary in the prison house god brought me to repentance and i went back from the prison house to the penthouse with God and I saw things completely different. Your situation may not be like mine with a physical prison, but it might be an emotional prison or a spiritual prison. Maybe it's the lockdown of lust or the handcuffs of hatred. You might be in a bastille of bitterness or you might be in a situation where you have the shackles of shame on you, regardless of your situation, today God is going to set you free. Yes, today He's going to set you free. Besetting sins are going to fall off. He's going to pluck 
the iniquity cord out and you're going to be on that straight path with God and he's going to return you to the penthouse, the highest place with him. What is the penthouse? The penthouse is the highest floor of an apartment building, a condominium, or even a hotel. The penthouse is typically differentiated from other apartments by luxury features. The term penthouse originally referred to and sometimes still does refer to a separate smaller house that was constructed on the roof of an apartment building. The penthouse usually offers the most prominent view or vantage point, and it's often the costliest place to live. Thank God Messiah paid the price for you to live with him in the highest place as a citizen of heaven. Others don't pass by your floor when you live in the penthouse. You pass by theirs. It's an area that is undisturbed, a quiet place where deep calls unto deep. At the noise of his presence, all of his waves and billows of his presence go over you. How do you get to the penthouse? Simple. Repent. Re to do again and pent means the highest place with God. Returning to the highest place with God comes when we simply repent, turn from our old ways and turn back to Messiah. I was in that prison cell and when Jesus appeared to me in front of two other prisoners, it was not a vision I had alone there were two other witnesses and the glory of God filled the floor and it was tangible. And I stepped into the cloud of his presence and I had an encounter with him. He healed me that day of allergies when I drank from the cloud. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. God never puts you in a position to hear a testimony or to see a miracle unless he's positioning you to build faith, to do something similar or even greater for you. He's no respecter of persons, Acts 10.34. If he did it for David Harabedian in a prison cell, he'll do it for you right where you're at today. Psalms 24 verses 3 and 4 the King James Version, who shall ascend into the hill? Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Who will make it to the penthouse with God? Here's the five things. He that has clean hands, are your hands clean today? And a pure heart, is your heart pure today? He who's not lifted up his soul unto vanity, have you denounced vanity and put it away? He who's not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So God wants to clean our hands today. He wants to give us a pure heart today. He wants to bring us into a place 
where we see him and the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. He wants to set us free from double-mindedness and saying anything that would be deceitful in any way, shape, or form. And shoop, we're right in the penthouse with him. So I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. Hold your hands up to God and say, Lord, cleanse my hands, the work of my hands, the things that I've done. Cleanse me afresh. None of us is without fault. We ask you now to bring the shed blood of Messiah, Jesus, and to cleanse us. You said if we confess our faults one to another, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we thank you that as we hold our hands up as an act of faith, your cleansing blood comes and washes our sins away. Now we put our hands on our heart. You said you would take out our heart of stone in Ezekiel 36, 24 through 26. You would take out our heart of stone and you would give us a new heart and a new spirit. You would put your spirit within us. You would move us from the inside to keep your commands and to follow your decrees. We thank you for doing it supernaturally. It's not our ability, it's our availability. So we thank you for empowering us with your Holy Spirit. Your Ruach HaKodesh, by Shem Yeshua, the name of Jesus, the King. Thank you for giving us a Holy Spirit heart transplant. I see that there's one there listening. God is healing your heart in the ventricles right now. There it goes. Felt a warmth go in right now. God's healing hearts right now, not just spiritually, not just emotionally, but there's physical miracles taking place in hearts and the aortic valves and just boom boom god's gonna syncopate your heart and bring you back in there it goes there it goes afib goes back into order right now in the name that's above every name father i thank you for healing us completely physically and our mindsets from vanity and removing lies far from us right now by your mercy and your grace and your empowerment by your Holy Spirit we thank you that now we're positioned to receive the blessing of the Lord and the righteousness that comes from God our salvation. Father, I thank you that this is the generation of them that seek you, that seek your face. Oh God, we thank you for carrying us in to the penthouse right now, the highest place with you. Psalms 15, one through four says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, 
who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, and casts no slur upon others, who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, whoever does these things will never be shaken. Psalms chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Father, I thank you for empowering us to walk blameless, to do what's righteous, to begin to speak and to bubble forth truth and love from our hearts. We thank you, Father God, for cleansing our tongues, to do right to our neighbor and to speak well of others. Father, we thank you for empowering us to honor those who fear the Lord. And Lord, I ask that you would empower us that when we make an oath or we make a vow, even when it hurts, we won't change our mind. We will fulfill our vows. The Holy Spirit is highlighting that right now, God wants you to ask him if there's any vows that you've made unto him or an oath that you've made that you didn't fulfill. There's two things that are going to happen right now. Some God is going to release you from those as you repent. You return to the penthouse and say, Lord, I, I said that foolishly. I, I ask that you would forgive me of making that vow or that agreement or binding myself with that oath. I pray that you would liberate me right now by your mercy, by your grace, by your power, by your cleansing word, by your cleansing blood and set me free, debt paid in full. Thank you, Lord. Others, the Lord wants you to fulfill your vow and to keep that vow. Just ask him to enable you to fulfill your vow. Ask God right now to enable you to fulfill your vow unto him, whatever that matter was. You might have vowed a fast and you haven't done it yet. You might have vowed to give money into a ministry. You haven't done it yet. You may have vowed to repent or to go to somebody and to reconcile and you haven't done that yet. God today is bringing you into remembrance of that because he wants you to return to the penthouse, the highest place with him and not to be stuck on a lesser floor when you have an invitation to return to the penthouse. Your yes to God today causes you to ascend to the highest place. Acts 2.38, the word repent in Acts 2.38, the phonetic spelling of the word repent in the original Greek language that the New Testament is written in, it's Strong's Greek number 3340. It's called metaneo. The definition is to change one's mind or purpose. That's what repentance is. We just simply change our mind. 
We come out of agreement with the old. We come out of the agreement with the enemy. And we come into agreement with God. When we say we repent or change our mind, it's a change inside our heart. It's an inner man change, particularly with reference to acceptance to the will of God. Jesus told Peter that he would deny him three times. And when Peter denied him three times, this is what Jesus said in Luke 22, 30 through 33. I want to encourage you today that regardless of where you're at or what you've done, God is restoring you to the penthouse. Luke 22, verse 30 through 33. It's a new international version. Simon, Simon, Jesus said, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But Peter in self-reliance said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you even know me. What happened? Peter failed, like all of us. But Jesus restored him. And today, Jesus is restoring. He's restoring and bringing you back to the penthouse. One more illustration, and we're going to be praying and proclaiming, and God's going to begin imparting and preparing you for the rest of these CDs that we get into because this is the foundation stone to begin at the penthouse, and then God empowers you to go do the stuff. The prodigal son repents the parable of the lost son in Luke 15. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Verse 17, when he came to his census, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But when he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for his son. And the father ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. So they began to celebrate. He returned to the penthouse that day. He came back, was willing to be a servant, 
But the father, afar off, ran and hugged him and kissed him and brought him back into his house. It's a time of celebration. When we repent, we return to the penthouse. Meanwhile, verse 25, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Verse 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But the older brother said, Father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you've never given me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him? My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. Do you see the difference in the father's love? To much is forgiven, much is loved. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. I was in that prison cell looking at life without the possibility of parole in Leavenworth Penitentiary. And God visited me and cleansed me. And he put my feet back on solid ground. And if he did it for me, he wants to do it for you. My wife's going to sing and you're going to feel the presence of God. Listen to these prophetic words because it's time for you to arise like I got up off of my knees in that prison cell and I was completely different in an instant. My circumstances didn't change, but something changed on the inside of me. It was the flashpoint of a journey. And today I have the privilege of speaking to you because God answered the prayers of my mother for her prodigal son and visited me and transformed me. And God is reaching right now into the prison cells in response to your prayers for your loved ones. And he's beginning to visit them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on them as they slumber in their beds. He opens their ears and seals their instructions to turn them from wrongdoing. He's breaking addiction. He's breaking alcohol. He's breaking the spirit of pride. He's setting the captive free in response to your prayers. Call out the names of your children and loved ones right now as an act of faith. I see the angel taking the words and shoo, going right to minister to them because angels are all sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. My wife's going to sing and I just want you to raise your hands up to the Lord right now. Bati kumi, utni lehavati. 
He loves you. He loves you. Let him wrap his arms around you. You're returning to the penthouse. You can feel yourself ascending. Revelation 4.1, and there was a door opened in heaven and a man said, come up hither. Raise your hand up to the Lord and allow him to carry you up into the penthouse, the highest place with him, where you're a co-heir with Messiah, Jesus. You're a co-heir seated far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in him. You have access to everything in the Father's house. Begin to ask him to show you the treasure house of heaven. Begin to access the healing. Begin to access the provision. Begin to access the joy. Begin to access the empowerment. Begin to access the healing anointing and the deliverance anointing. Access those because God wants to give them to you and he wants to give them through you to others to set the captive free by the power of his Holy Spirit. What's interesting about this story, the prodigal son, is the father ran after the one who had repented. And immediately he was back in the penthouse, the highest place. He had a brand new robe. He had shoes on his feet. Slaves didn't wear shoes in that day, only sons. And immediately he had shoes on his feet. And he was given a signet ring of authority. A signet ring of authority enabled him to take that ring and to press it into wax. It was like an American Express platinum or a black card. And instead of the father requiring him to start at the very lowest level and work his way up, listen to this. The father restored him instantly. See, psychology forgiveness is different than biblical forgiveness. Psychology forgiveness says we, we forgive you, but now we have to monitor you. We have to watch you. You have to earn your way back in. Biblical forgiveness, when metanoia, repentance happens, is you return to the penthouse instantly to the highest place with God. He gives you back your authority. He gives you back your shoes of sonship. He gives you that robe of righteousness. And he begins to celebrate. But if you're religious, you actually miss the higher place with God, thinking that it's your good works that get you there. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, I don't go with girls who do. This is what makes me righteous. No, the blood of his son makes you righteousness and causes those things to fall off of you because they're no longer of interest. And when you begin to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit out of a relationship, when you begin to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit out of relationship with Messiah Jesus, 
and you walk into a situation, the Holy Spirit, His presence, His peace, His power, His passion, and His purpose to meet the needs of that person before you is so tangible. You begin to minister from that relationship. Instead of for Him, you minister from Him. Instead of being one who went to go work for God, you're one who's been sent by God to release the already decided will of God into the earth that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. They said about the disciples in Acts 17, 6, those who've come to turn the world upside down have come here too. Those that have turned the world upside down have come here too. Might I say, when you come into a situation in the power of the Holy Spirit, because you've returned to the penthouse, when he sends you from the penthouse into a situation, you are always led in triumphal procession in Messiah Jesus. He's had his angels on assignment going before you. He's been answering the prayers of those that have prayed for that individual that he's able to save from the uttermost to the guttermost, those that come to God by him. And he's empowered you to speak a word in season unto him who's weary, to write a text message, to send a letter and an email, or a word spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Because you have been restored to the penthouse and the Father's heart is now in you and you're releasing the love of the Father into the earth wherever He sends you because you have become like Him, transformed into the image and likeness of the Son of God from glory to glory, from strength to strength from faith to faith as you're transformed into the same image out of relationship. He loves you and he's flowing with you and in you right now. I want to talk to you briefly about Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were in the house with Jesus, just like the prodigal son and the son who had never gone off and done anything wrong were in the same house. Luke 10, 38 through 42, also reading from the New International Version. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
Luke 10, 38 through 42. What's interesting here is Martha was working for the Lord. Mary was at his feet waiting for him to give a word. She was inhaling so that she would have something from Jesus to give others so that she could exhale in ministry, the breath of God. Today, have you been like, Martha, are you busy doing work for him instead of sitting at his feet, waiting for the command to go? Could be said like this, Martha was busy making Galilean fish sandwiches for Jesus that he never ordered. It's not that Mary was unwilling to make fish sandwiches for Jesus. Had he spoken, she would have immediately sprung up and went to work. Mary was accepted just the way she was. Martha thought she had to do something to be accepted. Do you see the parallels between the prodigal son and the prodigal son's brother? Mary and Martha, all the prodigal son did was come back, repent, and was willing to do anything, and the celebration feast happened. Mary was at his feet, soaking it in. Psalms 42, 7, where deep calleth unto deep, where deep calls unto deep, at the noise of thy water spouts, all the waves and billows of his presence have gone over us. Mary was at the feet of Jesus, the Shekinah glory of God, the presence of the Father was there, transforming her. Fast forward to John chapter 11, a problem occurred. Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus died. And Jesus showed up on the scene and Martha the worker said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know he'll rise in the resurrection. Jesus responded to Mary differently. Mary the worshiper, Martha the worker. Martha knows that her brother would rise in the resurrection. But when Mary is called for by Jesus, he sent for Mary and she came. Martha went on her own, but Mary was sent for. She says, if you'd been here, my, my brother would still be alive. He wouldn't have died. But I know he'll rise in the resurrection. Jesus said, Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. Roll away the stone. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And immediately the power of God came on Lazarus and presented him in his grave clothes. And Jesus said, take off his grave clothes. And they took off the grave clothes and Lazarus was restored back to life. Sent versus went. Mary versus Martha. Working for God like Martha. 
working from God like Mary. This is how you can tell the litmus test on whether or not you're working for him instead of from him out of relationship. If you're working for him, you get theological answers that are true about the future. When you're working from him, you get manifestation that changes the present into a miracle, a victory, a deliverance, a salvation. Today, I want to pray for you for two things. One, he's removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west, Psalms 103.12 says. And if you've repented, you've returned to the penthouse today. And when he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west, he puts them into the sea of forgetfulness and he puts up a sign. Do you know what the sign says? It says no fishing, no fishing. It's under the blood. It's forgiven. It's forgotten. Today is a fresh start. Today, you've returned to the penthouse, the highest place with God. I'm going to blow, and the presence of God is going to come in a fresh way. Some of you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. Some are going to be refilled. Some are going to get a fresh anointing from God. Some are going to receive a boldness. Some are going to see the shackles fall off. God's going to do this by his Ruach, his Holy Spirit. Here it comes. I'm going to ask my wife to blow. She also carries a blower anointing. Thank you, Lord. Now the Lord's begun to heal you wherever we repent and return to the highest place with God. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. He's healing areas right now that are of a private matter. I'm not even going to call them out. God's heard your prayer in that matter. And that issue is now resolved once and for all, never to be repeated. I cancel automatic renewal on that thing in accordance with Nahum 1.9. Affliction shall not rise up a second time, declares the Lord. I release the power to uproot, to pull down, to overthrow and destroy. I remove the burdens also from the shoulders. Move your neck around, you're free. I see C2 being healed in the neck right now. Ah, there it goes. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for healing and delivering right now. He loves you. And today, he's brought change once and for all. And he's preparing you for greatness as we move into these next CDs, these next audios. Prepare to go to the next level.
because I guarantee you, you will never be the same. You will never, ever be the same. You're about to become a world changer. He loves you. I'm David. This is my lovely wife. Joanna. We are the Herobedians, virtual church media. Rest in his presence.